0: On this day in 2005, American R&B and soul singer-songwriter Luther Vandross dies at the age of 54 at the JFK Medical Centre in New Jersey, two years after suffering a stroke. Throughout his solo career, he was an in-demand... After his, Sorry, before his solo career, he was a in-demand background vocalist for artists like Chuck Khan, Whitney Houston, Bette Midler, Dinah Ross, David Bowie, Benny King... This song here, has Never Too Much, was a big hit for him. In 1999, Whitney Houston sang Van Dross' So Amazing as a tribute to Van Dross as he sat in the audience. In 2008, Van Dross was ranked number 54 on Rolling Stones magazine's a list of 100 great singers of all time. Mariah Carey stated several times in interviews that standing next to Van Dross while recording their duet Endless Love was intimidating and as a an side note for the uh, bass playing aficionados listening uh, the bass I've always wanted to know this who plays that wonderful bass it is none other than Marcus Miller who also worked with Miles Davis but nonetheless uh, Victoria very smooth soul vocalist uh, and quite unique, isn't he, Luther?
1: Oh, I've always thought of his music as happy music and calming music and, and yeah, it's an era just slightly before my time. It wasn't yeah. really music that I grew up with, but um, certainly played a lot on the radio and, 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 and in places I've been, yeah. Mm.
0: 25 to 5, you're on the panel, RNZ National. Uh, And with us we have Victoria McLennan an equity advocate and businesswoman roles including co-chair of the business group NZ Rise and the digital equity collaboration Aotearoa and Mike Williams who's a former Labour Party president and commentator, uh, and also the CEO of the Howard League for Penal Reform. Uh, and, Mike, I think you want to do a bit of a shout-out. Let's leave that toward the end. We'll try and sneak that in. Uh, I do want to get to this. The Clean Car Discount Scheme, or Feebate, was unveiled by the Transport Minister, Michael Wood, and Climate, Minister, Climate Change Minister, James Shaw. Now, that kicks in today. And it works by giving people who buy a clean car either an electric vehicle, an EV, a plug-in hybrid or a conventional vehicle with low emissions, a rebate depending on its emissions profile. Now, the cleanest zero-emissions EV, that'll get a rebate of over 8,000, I think it's about 8,600, the scheme being funded by fees on polluting cars. So cars must have at least a three-star safety rating and cost less than $80,000 to get this discount. And that has led to a surge in interest in EVs. With us to discuss is, is, is Emeritus Professor Henrik Moller, who's from the Centre for Sustainability at the University of Otago, with research expertise in low-emissions vehicles and EVs. Uh, Henrik, kia and welcome to the panel.
2: Kia Wallace, and kia Tato, to the
0: listeners yeah lovely to have you on uh, Henrik and you've had this, you've been on before uh, with other uh, EV experts, but um, well, we've had a big response. so can I jump straight into question number one and some of these uh, questions might sort of go back on themselves, might uh, uh, repeat certain themes. Someone says, we are keen to look at an EV but my mother lives in Whangarei. Uh, uh, sorry topo. can an EV travel between Auckland and Topol, which is I think it's around 200 K's?
2: Oh yeah, that's easy. Um, so down uh, the main highways, we have a <coughs> EV charging station um, on average every seventy kilometres. But between uh, Hamil- um, Auckland and Taupo, um, I would say there's at least fifteen charges along the way there. So there's plenty of scope uh, to charge as you go. Right. And if you have one of the bigger EVs, uh, the sort of newer range, uh, often. Uh, managing 350 to 450 kilometres in a single charge. I mean, you wouldn't even have to stop along the way. Uh, In my case, uh, I started with a very small EV and uh, I ended up drinking quite a lot of espresso coffees along the way uh, between (laughs) Dunedin and Christchurch because, you know, you'd normally go about 90 kilometres between the charges. But it's Mm. safe, it's predictable, um, but it can take a little bit longer if you've got a small EV.
0: Okay, and uh, Michael tour will bring you in. Uh, I'll just uh, do another one or two questions here, then we'll bring you in. Here's one. Uh, would it be okay to have an EV car in my carport and charge the battery with a lead from a house plug? Thank you.
2: Um it wouldn't be ideal. Uh, I mean, there's a um, safety issue and you don't want electricity leads um, all over the place that people can trip over. So, uh, no, I wouldn't recommend that. But you could easily have a, a plug wired into um, a carport. Um, and then again, in, in my wife and I'm, my case, we have a plug on the outside of our house um, and it can be plugged in perfectly safe, safely um, into that. So it's hardwired in. But I, I wouldn't ever recommend a, a, just a, an extension cord no. out of a car.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, let's jump in. Uh, do any anybody on the panel own an electric vehicle? Uh, Mike,
1: you don't, uh, Victoria? No, I don't. But I, I, fully intend that my next vehicle will be an electric vehicle. And you I, do? Live, I live in an eco subdivision. Where we're all on solar, and um, probably a third of our cul-de-sac people have EVs. And, and I, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I fully intend that that'll be my next car.
0: And what's what's the feedback from them?
1: Uh, they they all think it's it's fabulous to be utilising the solar that that they're already collecting. Um, they they think they drive fine. We've got people next door to us who are retired, um I must admit, who tow their caravan with their E V and go all over the country and they love it.
2: Mike. Yeah, we've done surveys and flipped the fleet, uh, Wallace, of, yeah. you know, would you buy an electric car next? Uh, so these are people who have bought an electric car and reporting, and, and it's 96% of them said, yeah, of course they'd buy an EV. And the uh, constant uh, refrain was, gee, I wish we could have done this earlier. Sometimes they couldn't afford it, or they didn't realise how good they were. But there's customer satisfaction out there.
3: Yeah, when I bought my, um, my current vehicle, which was about four years ago now, I talked to a guy called Mark Gilbert, who leads the New Zealand uh, Electric Car Association. And at that time, I was going to Hawke's Bay quite a lot. And uh, his advice to me was that an electric vehicle is your next vehicle. But in some ways, I wish I'd given it a go, because what I note is on the Nate Taupo Road, uh, there are now two recharging stations. Oh, there are? Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, one, there's a text. Eric says, the latest Chinese-made model, Chinese model electric car can travel up to... One thousand kilometres between charges. That sounds like a lot. Um, Eric, do you want to? Oh, sorry, Henry, do you want to sort of jump in there? It, it, does that sound feasible? Uh, that would have to be a fairly big battery. Um, most right. of the uh, the database
2: from Flip the Fleet um, says that the efficiency is normally around about six kilometres per um, kilowatt hour. So you know that would have to be a, a huge battery. So I don't know that I believe that. Certainly not. There at the moment in the marketplace. So you might um, think of something like, um, oh, I suppose, a Tesla Model 3 uh, would be a, a really good example. And uh, the sort of high range um, uh, sort of option uh, for the Tesla 3. Um, uh, uh, I'm just trying to remember. I think it's a 75-kilowatt-hour battery, um, and it's uh, going to take you way over 500 kilometres. And that's the sort of top end at the moment uh, for a a sort of family car.
0: Uh, I'll just jump into some really quick ones. Uh, Sarah says, is it okay to take the battery way down? Uh, it's hard on the nerves,
2: um, you know, you, you, because uh, you know if you get stuck. Actually, uh, range anxiety, uh, this sort of idea you're going to get stuck out there, is way overblown. Um, is it? But uh, yeah, very few people get stuck. I mean, in, in my lifetime, I've I've run out of petrol twice, and I can I can be absolutely sure I'm going to get to the end of my life without ever running my battery flat. Um, you get. All sorts of warnings in the vehicles. There's wonderful apps that tell you where the next charging station is. You just have to have been in dreamland if you were going to run out along the way. Um, uh, but uh, the question is about damage to the battery, I suspect. And it is better to keep your battery above 20% if you can uh, of its full charge if you run it right down, uh, you do and regularly do that, you have the risk of um, damaging the battery's ability to hold energy. So, uh, you know, a battery in an electric car is rather like a battery in a cell phone. It slowly fades. It's um, capacity fade, it's called. And uh, it it dwindles. And um, if you abuse the battery, you will accelerate uh, that rate at which it, it drops its ability to hold energy. And, of course, that means you can go... A shorter distance um, we well not as far between charges so we normally say try to keep your battery between 20 and 80 percent and the optimum would probably be about between 30 and 50 percent and um, you know even if you're sitting leaving it unused um, you know it is better not to have it at extremely full or or run right down
0: okay. I've got I've got to sort of try and fold quite a few questions into one and that that is that, that, that is exemplified by Richard's question here and really uh, the second biggest thing coming out of all the questions that are coming through was actually the environmental cost of EVs. My big question, says Richard, remains unanswered. What is the real impact on the environment to create the batteries in the first place? And when they have served their purpose, seven years or so, what is the recycle and waste impact on the environment at that time? So it seems to me, Henrik, that for the same reason that people do want to buy EVs, or the same reason they actually care about the wider issue, apart from EVs, which is actually the wider environment.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of the the discussion focuses on the lack of emissions once you've got the car on the road. And Again, Flip the Fleet database suggests you save around just over $2,000 a year by running an EV compared to another, and you save around about 2,000 kilograms of CO2 emissions. So for every dollar you save and put in your back pocket, you also save a kilogram of emissions. So that bit's very clear. Um, the, the EVs are fantastic... Uh, in the in the once made, but the question points at a, a bigger complexity, and it's fair to face it. In fact, it costs more energy and more CO two emissions to create an EV than it does to manufacture an equivalent sized ICE. So, does so it? you start uh, a little bit behind, but then as you drive the car and emit less, then you overtake that gain. But at first, you have to overcome that extra um, cost of of the um, of the manufacture. Um, And then, of course, right downstream, you have all the issues about how do we deal with um, uh, disposal of batteries. What I think people are missing is that EVs last a lot longer. So in this country, we normally um, take our cars off the road at roughly just over 20 years old. But an EV has very few moving parts. It doesn't get hot. Um, it is expected that it will last a lot, lot longer. Some people is are that saying right? it'll uh, Tesla will probably go a million miles. So we're we're talking, you know, a ballpark different in the lifetime of an EV uh, in Good terms grief. of its manufactured parts. So if you look. In the long term, the cost of, uh, that extra cost of manufacturing is way more offset, even relatively quickly, um, and then if it works out as expected, that these cars pretty well go forever, um, you know, then then there's a huge gain. Um, think of your freezer. You know, your freezer chugs away in your laundry. You don't really have to do much maintenance. Um, it's because electricity is efficient, um, low temperature, and there are very few moving parts. It's quite different from a a gas-guzzling car that has over 2,000 parts. They're rubbing together. I see. They get hot, and so on.
0: Okay, so uh, we are having an electric vehicle Q&A this afternoon on the panel, and we will put this up online. uh, And I think Professor Moller has a, a particular link which, with more uh, factoids about EVs uh, and keep a huge response uh, this afternoon. 2101 is the number to text, or you can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. Jumping into uh, uh, Victoria, any, any questions or thoughts you want to add around uh, electric vehicles or the wider issue of them?
1: Um, Yeah, I have a question for for Professor Muller. Um, My daughter bought a Prius a couple of years ago, and then I know it's not an EV but a hybrid, but I'll get to to the point. And then um, because I'm the bank of mum, I um, discovered the cost of replacing the battery in a Prius a few Mm. months ago. Um, uh, EV battery replacement costs in that similar stratospheric price range?
2: They certainly are so far in New Zealand, um, if I be frank. Uh, Listen... Uh, have abrogated their responsibility to care for the older Nissan Leafs that come into the country. Wow. Uh, they are not willing to replace them, and uh, I think that is unethical and unacceptable. Uh, there should be any manufacturer selling the new vehicle in the country should be expected and mandated to look after that to its end. So at the moment there are a growing number of um, uh, ways that this can be fixed, but uh, the cost of uh, of a refurbished and replacement battery in New Zealand is uh, very high at the moment for these small Nissans. Um, The the larger vehicles, the batteries will last for a lot longer anyway and uh, be still serviceable, but we do have Uh, a crisis coming where New Zealand has to sort out what do we do with all these old EVs that we're bringing in. In actual fact, I think our policy must start being orientated to getting more of the new EVs in instead of relying on the second-hand uh, EV market, just like we rely on the second-hand um, ice market. So, uh, yeah, the, there is still a problem about replacement batteries, uh, which then, of course, brings us to, well, how long would your battery last? I mean, would you like to go there? It's, a, it's, a, it's
0: Yes, a I would, actually. I would uh, Can I ask, can I j- yeah. get Mike to jump in?
3: No, no, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Um, I think it's the, it's the way of the future. An electric aircraft flew from... Paris to London um, last year. Uh, I'm wondering, though, are there any electric Utes on the horizon? <laughs> There's a good question, Mike. Good question. Yes. Uh, I'm sure they're coming, but
2: uh, not immediately. There at the moment. So uh, you know, the light vehicle fleet is the next uh, lot of um, developments. We we already have 22 models of plug-in vehicles of some description, be they hybrids or or pure electric vehicles, and uh, the number coming onto the market is is just ramping up. The next uh, big improvements will be when our uh, sort of light industrial fleet uh, become electrified, mm. and then uh, ultimately, of course, when our heavy industrial fleet. The sort Sort of heavy lifting transport, uh, that'll be a huge breakthrough too. And uh, as Mike has said, of course, air travel in the longer run. So now we've worked out and flipped the fleet that uh, the emissions you save by running uh, an EV is about equivalent to uh, saving the emissions that you would incur by flying between Auckland and Wellington uh, once a month. So you know you can kind of compensate for a monthly trip up and down. Um, to Col Maui, if you if you have an EV. On the other hand, my wife and I flew to um, to Rome to visit our son, and uh, we were very proud of having an EV. But when uh, the calculations came out, I said, "Well, we blew four years of <laughs> of uh, emission right. savings by
0: uh, keeping the family ties going." So um, yeah. Okay. Uh, someone says Ford is apparently taking orders for an all-electric F-150. Uh, says uh, someone now um, quite a bit of interest in this and I want to jump to it we've got an EV Q&A this afternoon on the panel, this will be uh, posted online uh, a bit of response, I'm folding a few questions into one and that is is the power of an electric vehicle comparable to a normal car so if people are uh, a bit worried about if they can put the firewood in the back they've got the, the kids in the back uh, the, 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 the take off rate is, is it powerful? Yeah, or, it is. Or, or, or is it comparable?
2: No, it's comparable. And it's faster too. You know I mean? So we organised a drag race actually as a, <laughs> about two years ago at the Highlands Park between a Tesla, so that's a standard vehicle you could buy for running around our roads against their sports Ferrari. And uh, the Tesla ripped it off three times. 3-0 three and <laughs> these things. And, uh, you know, they build their power in a different way. So they, there's instant torque in an EV. It's quite a Quite a thrill if you're into that sort of thing. I mean, even old people like me have an inner bogan, I suppose. And every now and again, I quite enjoy dragging off some young gun. Um, so
0: I've heard this. I've heard that that what 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 makes the.
3: <laughs> I love what, the inner bogan. The inner,
0: inner, inner bogan, Fraser Moller. What makes the EV uh, faster than or faster from zero? It's
2: uh, just the way the um, the. Mm. Motor builds its power. Um, I, I couldn't give you the technicalities of that, Wallace, but it's a yeah. sort of an instant talk. You, you touch the accelerator and off you go. When when I first bought even my little Nissan Leaf, um, and you touch the accelerator, you squeal the wheels un, until you get used to it. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, these are these are quite thrilling. Our surveys suggested that uh, you know around about five percent buy EVs. Um, because of this performance. They're they're kind of vehicle enthusiasts, or we might say motorheads. Um, But, you know, uh, uh, 8% buy it because it's a really smooth, uh, quiet ride. Um, They really uh, really enjoy the comfort of the ride. Mm -hmm. Um, About 35% buy it because it's so much cheaper to run, so it's a straight economic thing. And then the majority of the rest buy it because it's an environmental um, gain and they feel really good about doing their bit uh, for the environment. Um, so But don't go away thinking this is just about um, you know, some sort of penalty you do or something okay. you do entirely for the environment. It's, it's not like that. People love the cars. They,
0: they, You've got, you, you got to love the car as well, don't you, Mike? You've you know, got, you got, to, you got okay, to love the car.
3: You've you convinced me. I'm in you,
0: the market you, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, Professor Ralph Sims has uh, joined the conversation. A two-seater electric plane flying in Christchurch or in CHC with a range of 400 kilometres, 12-seater or so near commercial. Gosh, Uh, Someone else says a Tesla. Whoa, uh, I've lost that. There's so many texts coming through. I lost what I was going to say. Um, Can I just bring up again um, a lot of people concerned again that wider environmental concern, real issue. Uh, Professor Moller, uh, tell us where the lithium for the batteries is sourced from. I've heard stories about unethical extraction methods.
2: Uh, I don't think that's true. Uh, we have uh, vast quantities of lithium. They actually uh, can be extracted from the sea. Most of the mining happens uh, uh, not in the way you would see um, hilltops disappearing or digging into the earth. Uh, basically, sediments drawn out of underground ponds and dried. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a much exaggerated uh, kind of issue. Um, there's, there's a contest of unknowns going on here, Wallace. It's like with any new technology, there's a lot of uncertainty and people pick on smaller parts of the issue. It's a well-known phenomenon called the Gartner Hype Cycle so when people get in, you know, you have the evangelists, the EV enthusiasts saying this is the the best thing um, since sliced bread and and it's a silver bullet and then you've got the people with vested interests who uh, diss it in every possible way they can and and so you get a, a, a kind of, a lot of excitement and then a dump and that's the trough of a disillusionment and then finally we start to climb out of that a sort of a slope of enlightenment, it's called, and, and an integration. And I think the country's coming up there, you know. it. it but it's been brutal because people uh, exploit uh, small problems. When you bring a new thing in... Uh, you have to solve new problems. But in so doing, you're also avoiding some others. Very
0: interesting. Emirates Emirates Professor Henrik Moller from the Centre for Sustainability at Ataga University uh, with research expertise in low emissions vehicles and EVs. Huge response this afternoon to this um, EV Q&A. Uh, here's a comment here. I've had a Nissan LEAF for nearly three years. It's carried everything from kids to pets to two cubic metres of firewood. I used to own performance ICE vehicles and absolutely love how much faster my soccer mum car that looks like a shoe is than plenty of my boy racer friends. <laughs> uh, next up, the Tesla Model 3. Can I address, um, <clears throat> can I address the issue of price? Why are they so expensive still? Uh,
2: They are expensive because the battery is quite expensive, but also the demand is very, very high, so supply and demand. Around the world, um, battery manufacturing is ramping up, of course, but there's been a lag. So around about... 2023 the world will um, probably be able to deliver a whole lot more batteries and at that point they'll they'll get cheaper. So people are lining up to get them and um, that costs a lot. The cost of creating a battery is the key and uh, it's been declining at roughly 16% a year for the last decade. So they're getting cheaper and cheaper uh, to make and they're getting smarter technology. They have a improving energy density Uh, so we're going in the right direction but in the meantime there's such a scramble around the world to get these because people have realized that it's one of the most cost-effective ways of combating climate change. I mean the alternatives are far more costly um, and so there's just huge demand and New Zealand needs to work really hard. That's why the feebates is an excellent Um, innovation to try to to get in there, muscle our way in to get some of the international supply of EVs, the new ones, those are the ones we need, not the
0: second hand ones Henrik, you've been great thanks for being with us Kia ora Uh, to you, I appreciate it uh, and that is Hello. our uh, EV Q and A. There's Emeritus Professor Hendrik Moller from the, the Center for Sustainability at the University of Otago uh, and an expert in EVs. Now that will be standalone link on our site, and we have uh, an added link uh, Q and A, more facts for you on that. Uh, now, um, Mike, I I think I promised you that I would give you a little bit of time. You wanted to say, you wanted to give a bit of a shout out before you left. Yeah, Just look I mean, briefly
3: the, the Howard League, as I said earlier in the program gets driver's licences, mainly for released prisoners. And each of our tutors has a target of 12 licences a month. These are very challenging clients, as you can imagine. And this month, Kerry, our tutor in Hamilton, hit 58. Uh, That is, what is it, 12, four times his target, and he's had a hell of a year. So thank you, Kerry, in public. Well done.
0: Mike, thank you for that. And almost said, do you want a final thought, Victoria? Do you have an e-bike?
1: I don't actually, and I was going to bring that up Wallace, I was going to ask the professor that question so when the feedback scheme was announced, my Twitter went nuts with people saying, why doesn't it apply to e-bikes, as in <laughs> why, can't we, why can't we convert mm. some of this feedback to e-bikes and I don't have an e-bike because my dearly beloved tells me I'm not allowed one until I retire, which is Ooh. another 15 years <laughs> this, So I have to get the exercise
0: Oh, good to have you both on Kua mousa te hōtaka mō Kia pai, Torcoto poor. The program's finished for today. Have a great night, Mike Williams, Victoria McLeaner. Thank, thank you for your time. Thanks to Hendrik Moller. I'm back Friday tomorrow, three forty-five.